Welcome to Buddha the Gas Pump. My name is Rick Archer, and my guests this week are Elena Nizinski and Ilona Tsunate. All right? I got that, didn't I? Um, Elena is originally from uh, Ukraine, Soviet Union, Russia, uh, but now lives in Staten Island, which is a borough of New York City. And Ilona is originally from Lithuania, um, but now lives in the UK. And uh, they both are kind of predominant figures, I guess you could say, in a website uh, and a project called Liberation Unleashed, and have written a very nice book, um, which we'll be discussing, and have a whole process whereby um, they attempt to help people discover that ultimately there is no self. Is that an apt description of what you do? Yes, very good description. Okay. Anything you'd like to elaborate on with regard to that? It sounds sounds about right. Yes. Okay, good. Um, now, I thought we might start initially by just kind of touching upon what the benefit, uh, well, first of all, what you mean by no self and what benefit this would have for a person, because some people are going to hear that, and I'm sure you've run into this, and think, well, that doesn't sound very good. Why would I want that? Um, so, and I, you know, reading your own situation and, you know, experience in your own life, I, I do gather that it really uh, affected your life in a positive way to have this realization. So, let's talk about that for a bit. So how we start, Rick, because it's two of us, maybe. Well, just like a normal conversation, uh -huh. um, whichever of you feels like talking first. And incidentally, your video has frozen, so if you'd like to, we don't want to reconnect, but if you'd like to just hit the off and on button for your video, and maybe while you're busy doing that, Alona could start talk, answering that question. Okay. Um, the benefits. Ooh, okay. Well, like, for instance, you said that you don't fight with your husband anymore. That sounds like a benefit. <laughs> well, he, he fights with me. Yeah, but, he, but you, don't, you don't fight back, I guess. <laughs> That's the thing. Um, what happens is that this voice in the head that is always checking with the past or with the future, it kind of stops bothering you. It just shuts up. And um, this is a big deal because in this way you can enjoy what is and without judgment. Uh-huh. So that, that I can say is a benefit, but if people are looking for benefits, they're not going to see it because the expectations is the main thing that is in a way of seeing. So best is not to have any expectations and not to look up who has what benefits. It's just the outlook for itself. And life doesn't change. It, it is as it was. It, the only thing that changes is the peace inside. Um, well, in your oh, case, it's not that has a benefit. <laughs> In your case, it sounded like a couple of outer things changes. First, firstly, your relationship with your husband seems sounds like it improved a bit, and you said you ended up getting your own uh, tattoo business instead of working for somebody else, and you you somehow attributed that as possibly a result of of this realization. Did you not? Uh, I can't say anything is a result of realization. <laughs> it's just how life rolls. Just, um, so your life just flowed in that direction uh, after this realization? Well, I wanted to leave the place I was working for 10 years for mm -hmm. the last couple of years, mm -hmm. and it wasn't happening. Um, well, it did happen right after, after a couple of months, 
that somebody came in and offered me a place in their hairdressing studio. Mm -hmm. So that was just effortless in a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, surprisingly, a lot of times when people do undergo spiritual <laughs> transformations, things just kind of start working out better, you know, effortlessly. Things just, not always, and there's no guarantee, but sometimes things just start falling into place a lot more readily, you know? Yeah, because there is no more resistance to yeah, this. good point. Um, there's that bumper sticker, let go and let God, you know? <laughs> so perhaps we're getting ahead of ourselves. Perhaps um, I should have you both explain a little bit more about what this whole thing of no self is before we start talking about benefits of it or non-benefits or whatever. So why don't you both take a crack at uh, giving us a clearer explanation of what it is that it's all about. Actually, um, I can add to what Ilona was saying. Um, it's actually about this benefits, like mm -hmm. you said. Um, she, she said something about expectations mm -hmm. and I found that people um, have expectations that when they come to us, yes, they think that um, they will they will be in a state of unity which is prolonged forever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in a state of peace which will be always and nothing negative will happen. Right. Um, so I usually ask if if I see that somebody expecting something like that, I usually ask, and do you have any expectations mm -hmm. uh, how it will be? And then I get this, this description. Oh, yeah, I will be peaceful all the time. And I would say, no, it won't, it won't happen. <laughs> it won't be happening. <laughs> so realistically, um, it's, it's just the same. Uh, the same life uh, because life was before when it was seen life is continuing after is seen basically for life nothing changed there was no self before there is no self now what changed what changed is that the embodiment relaxed relaxes and uh, stop searching and seeking mm -hmm. um, I'm telling from my own experience because I was a searcher and a spiritual seeker for many many years um, classical um, meditation uh, in Gurdjieff way for many years and then in Vipassana for eight years so basically sitting in retreats and um, seeking seeking I didn't even know what I was seeking. It's just a drive that is in the embodiment. And this drive can um, express itself in seeking in a spiritual way or in shopping, seeking somewhere else, um, or even like... It, um, in your own talent, you know, like trying to to find your own talent, and um, so this seeking actually is just going in in any ways. It doesn't matter. In my in my case, it was spiritual seeking, mm -hmm. and 
for me, the benefit, if we are talking about the benefits, in the author life, I actually had a lot of distraction, um, but in the... Distraction or destruction? (laughs) A lot of in my life was destroyed. Destroyed, okay. Yes, yes. But what, what is the benefit that there is no seeking anymore. Mm-hmm. Basically, the relaxation is on a fundamental level of just just living what is. Even though on the outside, it's actually become less structured and more, uh, in some way, more difficult. But there is a relaxation to leave this whatever whatever I going through right now okay. so this is the, the benefit okay. um, I would say for some people it's peace uh, they can get into peace um, for some people um, it's um, relaxation of uh, no seeking anymore uh, I guess it's also the same um, me and Elona we kind of um, a little bit different she <laughs> she got into peace right away and I got into chaos chaos hmm. chaos right away <laughs> mm. and um, it was interesting because um, I didn't have any other examples of people getting into chaos like I, w- I, like I went but um, I knew I just knew I had a trust I, I just knew this is it. When you say chaos, was it an inner chaos, like a inner kind of um, traumas or, or disturbances, or you mean more your outer life became chaotic? Um, you know, it's interesting because um, when you when you see that there is no separate separate entity, mm-hmm. there is no separate I, mm-hmm. it basically it's you destroying you kind of destroying the um, illusion of of some kind of structure and after that what can happen and it can happen in my case all the other structure starts to fall so all the structure that i had family house job everything everything what is how I call it not true will be destroyed gradually or very rapidly like in my case <laughs> so I got into chaos out in outside okay yeah and would you like to add to all that Elena um, well as Elena said her life was <laughs> totally chaotic um, on my side, it was just fine. Mm-hmm. And uh, you asked about what that no self is. Uh, can I add to that? Yeah, sure. Uh, the no self, it's not an entity, it's not something to be seen. It's just a re- realization that there is no such entity, there is no such being, no soul inside of the body mm-hmm. that would be driving it and that it would be managing life and in control of anything, the reason. That's what the whole 
liberation unleashed thing is about to show people in the most simple way um, how to see that for themselves. And so if there is no inner controller or entity that's calling the shots or pulling the strings, then what is the, who, is, who or what is the author of action? There is no author. It's just happening. But it's all arising mm -hmm. from nowhere in mm -hmm. every moment, and there isn't anything that is in control of that. That you are aware of. Um, well, if you can say that life force is in control of everything living, then yeah. Life, life force, did you say? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, anything. We look at a, a single cell and we see all kinds of amazing intelligence orchestrating its, its function. We, you know, we, we human beings understand perhaps, you know, 1% of what happens inside a cell, but from what we can see, it's this incredible thing taking place that you know far more intricate and complex than a major metropolitan city you know within a single cell so there's something that's conducting or some intelligence or something that's or that's orchestrating that and that's just a single cell you know we and our bodies have trillions of cells and of course there's the whole planet and the whole universe so so something is carrying on you know yes, action is, in an orderly but, way but there is no separate self that right. would be in control of a separate cell or a separate human. Right. Um, so would you say perhaps, uh, you know, in some spiritual teachings, they would say that, well, that intelligence that's governing the functioning of a cell and governing the functioning of the entire universe, that ultimately is what you are. You're not some individuated thing. You, you know, at the deepest level, you are one with that. That's what you are. Um. You can say that, and I know people would understand, but going deeper, every identification is assumed. If I say I am life, then it's an illusion. <laughs> life is. Yeah, well, if you're, claiming, if you're claiming your individuality is life, obviously that's only a very small expression of it. But, you know, there are these sayings in the, in the, the, the Vedic literature such as, um, you know, I am that. Uh, you know, Braham Brahmasmi, or that thou art, Tatwamasi, or all this is that, you know, Sarvam Kalvidam Brahma. It's the idea that that, that grand totality that, that, is the, that contains and really is everything, that's what you really are, not just this teeny tiny little individual expression. Yes, can say that. Equally, you can say you are nothing, and that's as truth as that. Yeah. They, and they actually cover that, too, and they, they have this word shunya, which means emptiness, and then they have the word purna, which means fullness, and it's just a matter of which side of the coin you want to look at, and it could be seen as emptiness, could be seen as fullness. Yes. Yeah, but and that, that it, needs to be seen. You can't explain that to anyone, and you can't take that as a belief. Absolutely. So once you see, you kind of don't need to identify with anything. No emptiness, no fullness, you just live your life, and be aware and notice what's happening. Yeah, I would, I would suggest that there are degrees of seeing, but let's get into that in a minute. Let's, Elena wanted to say something. No, I just wanted to, when you were telling about emptiness mm -hmm. and fullness, mm -hmm. I was riding yesterday and in a car, and I just felt, there will, see, there is no identification, like I am not fullness but 
I felt so full, like I felt such fullness. Mm-hmm. Not I felt fullness. There, there, <laughs> there is just a fullness. Right. Everything was alive. Mm. And I am not that aliveness. It's just aliveness. Well, it's confusing when you try to explain it because you have to use words and we inevitably end up using the word I and you say, I yeah. am not that aliveness. But, you know, right. w- uh, I think what you really mean to say is there is this aliveness. And some, some people get really silly because they try to talk this way all the time. <laughs> and, you know, it sounds like silly talk. But, um, yeah, we, we, we don't, we don't, like I know, we, we don't actually talk. Advaita talk. I know you're not because we that. yeah we both not from from Advaita and non duality. <laughs> we use I all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so do I. And and there are some very respected Advaita teachers too who think that that's just you know childish nonsense to try to talk Advaita talk that it's not necessary or doesn't really clarify anything. Um, yeah. So. Okay. So. What, there's so many different threads we could follow, <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, you, so you you know you did Gurdjieff, you, I think, or who was it? Uh, yes, it was Gurdjieff. And and then you know then Vipassana. Vipassana. And how about you, Ilana? Was there some kind of spiritual practice background for you? Okay. Um, well, the first time I saw something that was I think 2003, mm-hmm. <laughs> and since then I was looking for home, um, internet all kinds of programs, books, but I wasn't a serious seeker. I was always looking for shortcuts. Let's say if I would meditate, I would buy the whole thing and put the phones on and let it take me. I <laughs> 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 hardcore. I was always looking for an easy way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's and smart. <laughs> <laughs> she's smart. <laughs> That's good. Right, so uh, until... 2010, that was Easter, when I came across Jed McKenna. So I read the trilogy in 13 days. That really touched me in the head. Mm. And since then, the deconstruction of belief started, which means I was crying a lot. I was writing a lot. I was questioning everything, what is true, and nothing was true. I knew the magic words, there is no self, but it didn't mean anything until I actually looked at it, and then I saw. But it took about half a year of this um, destruction <laughs> of everything I, I thought that was true. And after, after I saw it, it, everything made sense, and that's it. So somehow reading Jed McKenna just got the ball rolling, huh? Yes, he did, yeah. He used to live in my town, and and I've been really? told I've been told his real name. It's not Jeb McKenna, and I, I mean, I've been meaning to track him down one of these days <laughs> and try to do an interview. But I don't know if he oh, would, that would be great. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know if he would agree to it, but he's a good writer. Definitely. Um, so it that's. So it sounds like it happened just kind of spontaneously. You read Jeb McKenna. It sort of intensified this this mm-hmm. deconstruction process and then at a certain point enough deconstruction had taken place where just poof yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> poof actually just before I looked at the question do you exist mm-hmm. I, I got really relaxed we actually went for holiday like spa and it was like sauna park 
Mm. I just completely relaxed, and just a days later, it happened. So there was a lot of fire, a lot of searching, a lot of cutting yourself, <laughs> kind of <laughs> emotionally and spiritually, and checking every belief and meaning and hope, and everything was lost. Mm-hmm. And then once I relaxed, we came to the point where I saw it. Yeah, it's interesting the way that happens. And then once having seen it, it wasn't a, it, it didn't start, it didn't come and go. You didn't find yourself getting caught up in things again. It was just kind of a not per- once permanent <laughs> shift. <laughs> it apparently. was completely clear. Mm-hmm. That's it. The, I, I never read a book. Actually, I read one book in two years. So seeking everything just vanished, and. Um, yeah, I have no more questions. All, I, all I'm focused now is not myself, but helping others to see it. Mm-hmm. And that is way much more interesting journey than <laughs> trying to find something that doesn't exist. Yeah. Now, one thing that I um, heard, well, one thing I read on your website, and, and, almost everybody, and in your book, uh, almost every one of the stories that I read, the person would say, well, this is wonderful, but now this is just, I realize this is just the beginning. And yeah. even on your website, it says something of that nature. That this is, you know, this is the start in a way. Yes. Don't consider it the final thing. And yet you, you, you liberally use the word enlightenment and liberation. And usually those words are, you know, they connote some kind of end point or final realization. So what do you mean when you use those words? And what do you mean by beginning? And where do you expect the the road to lead as one goes from this beginning, which you acknowledge, to whatever the end point may be, if there is an end point. Okay. Um, I can say that we use words liberation and enlightenment just like a carrot for a seeker. So they uh-huh. come. And once it's seen through, then, you know, there is no liberation, there is no enlightenment. This is just a re- realization. And all this awakening is, is not an event, it's a process. So since that moment that the gateless gate is crossed, um, it doesn't exist. So since that moment, uh, a new life is taken. Um, things that don't work anymore start falling off, and things that work, they start falling into place. Mm-hmm. Some, but it's a beginning because the realization is a point of crossing that invisible line. The awakening is not realization, it's living it. And that takes time, maybe a whole life. <laughs> yeah. So for instance, in your own life, I guess this, this realization uh, took place a couple of years ago. Um, how have things unfolded since then? Has there been a continual deepening or uh, a shedding of you know, like you just said, things that are out of tune fall off and, and other things take their place. Has, has there been some kind of process going on over the last couple of years? Maybe automatically, but, you know, go, go ahead and answer that. Okay. Um, I call that process falling. Falling. Basically, if there is something you, uh, I was holding on to, I had to expect that um, see if it's true. Mm-hmm. And if it's true, it stays. If it's not true, it falls off. And since I have done a lot of deconstruction before seeing, 
it wasn't that much left. It's still things come up, but it's not so intense, and you always can observe it. You know, I don't get sucked into it. I just can always step back and see what's happening, just noticing it. Um, it wasn't a dramatic process for me at all. I can't say much. It's all a story. Yeah, no, 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 no I, didn't, I, I didn't bring up the word dramatic, I don't think. I'm not suggesting it was dramatic, but I'm just kind of interested in, uh, you know, like, for instance, there was one woman who I was listening to the video, and uh, she said, one of the YouTube videos, she said, if there is no personal self, what is the largeness that we are? That's next. Hmm. And I kind of like that statement. You know, what is the largeness? Now, if you ask a question like that, then you, you might think, you know, okay, what is that largeness? And to what extent can that be known? To what extent can that be experienced or understood? That seemed like the next frontier for her. Uh, is there something like that for you? Well, there was a point where I saw that nothing is personal at all. It's all one play of one life, and all these humans that we see and meet, it's just the same. It's all the same. Mm -hmm. We all are like roles that we play together, mm -hmm. and this is fun if you don't take it seriously. If you do take it seriously, of course, there are problems and things to solve, and wanting to control, but if you don't take it seriously, then it's just a play. Sometimes, so the play gets, sometimes the play gets kind of intense, like if you happen to be living in Damascus right now and bombs are raining down on your neighborhood, it's, it's a little hard to be cavalier about that. Of course, but if you see that everything is happening by itself, not mm -hmm. because of what you want or what you can do to make it happen, then there is no more that um, aggravation if it doesn't happen the way you want it. Mm. So even even if, let's say, something bad happens, there is no sting, you know? You just watch it, you see it, you notice it, you move from there, but there is nothing that can hurt anything. It's, it's a different way of life, I guess. Mm -hmm. So you see it all as one movement. Would you say one way of um, characterizing it would be that you're not attached to the fruits of action? In other words, you, you have control over action alone, but not over the outcome. Well, that, that is a definite knowing that you are not attached. Even if you see that attachment, it does dissolve quickly because you recognize that it's, oh, I've been lost again. And then you see it again and again that there is no attachment because there is nowhere to stick. Right. Yeah, that's uh, a lot of people say that um, that you know that it's not that they're completely immune to having some little thing arise, you know, some little fear or some attachment or something, but it it dissipates very quickly. Yeah, because yeah. you can notice it. You don't get sucked into that. Yeah, it doesn't last for days as it might have before mm. or something. Yeah. How about you, Lenny? You want to say something? Uh, yes, I actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, you you asked the question. Um, actually, I wanted to add something to that um, self. Um, what happened um, in the beginning? 
I had a lot of people to actually contact me and ask me um, if it's a beginning or if it's an end, what it is, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I read a lot of classical texts, and um, they have this um, they have this uh, classical text about um, stream entry. Which stream I, entry? Stream entry, yeah. Okay. So basically, what, how would I explain, uh, especially people who um, were meditating a lot, trying to get to some kind of enlightenment, and for some reason I got those people mostly, people who meditate in 25 plus years. When you They're, say you got them, you mean you were in touch with them? Yeah, they, they were like reaching to me. Yeah, okay. they were reaching on email, finding me. Sure. Uh, they heard about this girl <laughs> who, um, who are not in retreats anymore. And I guess they were curious how, how is that works. Mm -hmm. So I would, um, I would explain them like... Um, you can sit on a bank of the river and meditate for 25 years. But before, like, you sit on the bank on the river and meditate. And what is meditating? It's, it's that construct, it's that self that is reaching somewhere. Until you step into the river, and the river is actually flow of life. It, it, is, it is just this what happening until you step into the river who is sitting and meditating is this self so basically that's why a lot of people just continue to meditate continue to seeking and searching because that construct is um, that that belief in the mind in the imaginary self that can gain that benefit you was asking about, that benefit of spiritual advancement, that benefit of my enlightenment, my realization. So that um, they uh, in a, in a, in Buddhist tradition they have this um, anatta, no self, mm -hmm. and it's actually. It's one of the attainments, stream entry, when you actually step into the river. How you step into the river, we call it going through the gate. Same thing, right? Mm -hmm. So seeing that this construct in the mind is an illusion. There is no separate entity and there is nothing to gain. And it's only a beginning. You step into the river and then you become a river, so to speak, and river takes you to wherever it takes you. <laughs> and then you asked uh, Ilona how it's actually working now before the, because there is no structure anymore, right? So before I had a structure, I knew that I'm this kind of person and I should do this and I should go to work and do this and that and now there is no structure and you're right that you're asking this question because um, actually everything happens before you do um, you perform 
everything in life on kind of motivation. You motivate yourself. And then when the structure of the self is seen that it's, it's just an illusion and basically whatever happening is happening, it's life. What happens is the inspiration comes out. Now you run on inspiration. That's why a lot of um, things that is not true in somebody's life start to deconstruct, start to fall away, like Ilona said, falling, um, breaking, if it's dramatic or gradual process. Uh, because by inspiration, you can't continue to do what you don't like to do, don't need, like, have, like, had some, some kind of structure to do it. Um, a lot of people change what they do mm-hmm. because they can't continue to do their nine to five job. They suddenly start to do something which they like. Like, I, I am not sure, I, I don't know about you, Rick, but what do you do now? You're doing by inspiration, right? It's your inspiration. What we're doing right now is my inspiration. I still have a day job, <laughs> which uh, if I quit, um, you know, there would be implications. But, you know, changes aren't always necessarily abrupt. And uh, yes, one, one thing kind of morphs into the next, you know, exactly, in, its, in its own yes. sweet time. Yes, yes. In some ways, it's more dramatic. In some, in some, yes. In some cases, it's more, more gradual. Yes. I spent 25 years living out of a suitcase and just doing what I wanted to do at the drop of a hat. Uh, you know, at a certain point, I was getting to a certain age. I, th- I didn't have any money whatsoever, and I was married. And that we we thought, you know, we better build a little bit of stability here. And uh, so one thing led to the next, and I have a pretty good job and have paid off a house and you know built up a little savings and uh, you know and now as I'm reaching more of a retirement age, I'm you know thinking, okay, it would be nice to have that taper down and have this kind of become its take its place as actually mm-hmm. something I could do full time but there is definitely I understand what you're saying about mm-hmm. you know you in, in, in Indian language they have this word dharma you know you're doing your dharma means you're doing mm-hmm. that doing that which you're really in tune with at a deeper mm-hmm. level you know mm-hmm. yeah yes yes okay and just one comment on the meditation thing somebody on your blog said uh, let's see what did he say with regard to me in preparation for this interview, he said, if you ask questions that you're not interested in, just mention transcendental <laughs> meditation. That usually gets him off the current topic for five minutes or so. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to get off the current topic for five minutes, but I just want to mention that, you know, there are about as many different kinds of meditation as there are liquid, you know, and not all liquids have the same effect. And, <laughs> and by the same token, not all types of meditation work exactly the way you said. Uh, and some can um, actually some can actually be a means of stepping into the stream, just as you know, reading uh, what's his name was a, a means for Ilona, uh, Jed McKenna, and you know, for other people it might you know I've, I've interviewed people who've taken some drug and it's kind of knocked them out of their structure and and into a totally shifted them into a, we could say the stream, and for other people it was 
Well, one woman I interviewed, her grandmother died, and, and that night she went to bed thinking, geez, I wonder what happens when you die. And she woke up in the morning, and her kundalini was on fire, and things were just kind of like changing in her life, and her life has just changed dramatically. So there could be all kinds of different means to um, facilitate or to, yeah. to, be a, to be a catalyst you know, for, for this kind of shift. Yes. Actually, it's interesting because um, um, Ilona mentioned Jack Ma- Jed McKenna, and Jed was also um, one, one of the um, guys <laughs> who brought me <laughs> to look up mm-hmm. if I'm actually doing what, <laughs> what will easy <laughs> my search. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, same, same thing. And um, I can tell you, um, um, because I went to, I left Vipassana uh, before actually saw, before um, look like for no, like that self does not exist. I, I left Vipassana. I felt... I felt it just doesn't work. Right. And I went to Adyashanti retreat, okay? Mm-hmm. And Adyashanti retreat was so easy in comparison to where I was sitting before. Mm. I, as Alona said, as she went to a spa, I went to Adyashanti retreat. It was like a spa for me. Yeah. I completely relaxed. Like, mm. I re- relaxed. And, um, yeah, in comparison, Ilona, to Vipassana, Adyashanti retreat is just like a spa. <laughs> nice. He's a very natural guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I relaxed. And actually, as I relaxed, what happened that um, I end up in a, in a state of uni- unity. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 the structure f- fall off. And um, what's interesting that in, that in that state, I remember it, many states that I was in the same unity through my life in childhood when I was a little child and then a, a little bit bigger and then an adult. I just forgot about it. Yeah. Like in in our like ordinary like state, uh, we don't remember those moments. And when I was in that unity state, I remembered all these moments. When I came back from Adyashanti retreat, it lasted some for some time. Mm-hmm. But I noticed that I was reaching back for that state. I was always like reaching back, like. And because of that reaching back, I realized that it's a state. Every time you reach back into the past, it, you are not right now, you are not satisfied what is right now. It's just, it, it just a pointer that it's a state. It's, it's, uh, it's, and a state is in, it's not permanent. It comes and goes. So then, then I started to look how... I understood this is not what I'm looking for, the state. Even though it's, it's very nice and it lasted for actually for a month or something. Mm-hmm. But that reaching back um, pointed me that it's a state and it's not what I'm looking for. And then I got into Jed McKenna and then I got <laughs> with Alona. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Good. 
Yeah, in fact, just this morning I was listening to a recording of an interview with Papa G by uh, David Godman, I think his name is, or Goodman, and um, he was telling a story about how he met Ramana Maharshi, and he had been around the other side of the mountain, Arunachala, and he came to meet Ramana Maharshi, and Ramana Maharshi said, well, what were you doing? He said, I was playing with Krishna. He was a Christian devotee. And he said, well, is he with you now? And he said, no. And he said, well, that which comes and goes is illusion, you know. Yes. <laughs> Like that, yeah. really like that. Yeah, mm. it's. Um, I, I want to add a little bit. When I work with people, we usually have a conversation. Or right now, I don't work with. Um, actually, I don't guide people. I help guides to learn this process. Mm -hmm. So I would come, and there is a conversation. It can be very long. I would not even read this. I would just look at the last reply what hmm. is now okay mm -hmm. so it doesn't matter what was before what he was answering what, what what was the realization before what he saw what kind of states what he like think um, but right now uh, what is now so if I don't understand um, if I don't see right now um, where he is, I would just ask a question, and th at that moment, I would kind of access where this person is. Mm -hmm. So, um, just illustrate your picture, uh, uh, your story about the Krishna. Mm -hmm. Like, if you, the Krishna is not with you right now, it was a state. <laughs> right, right. Yes. Yeah. Do you want to add anything to that, Alona? Mm, no. Okay. Good. Um, <laughs> So uh, I got a lot of emails and feedback from people who, uh, well, let's, we could go to, I, I could go into what I was about to say, or, you know, do you want to talk a little bit more about the process you put people through? I understand there are certain questions, maybe final questions that you ask. Maybe you don't want to talk about those final questions in this interview, because this interview will just be an introduction for some people, and it wouldn't be appropriate. But is there something you'd like to say more about the process that you put people through or lead people through uh, in order to you know, bring this realization about? Yeah, sure. Okay. We can talk about the process. Um, basically, we have people coming from all different places and right. different walks of life and different lives. And some are seekers, others not so much. But everything ends up at the gate. Uh, let's call this gate the line that needs to be crossed herself so everything ends up at the gate it doesn't matter which path you, you come from right. you arrive at the gate sooner or later um, now to pass through the gate you have to leave all the expectations behind and all the fear and you have to know that fear is a friend it's not something to be feared of so once you pass through expectations and the fear then it's easier and then we question what is real what is imaginary because it's very difficult for some people to see what is imaginary. Let's say Santa. This is one of the famous characters now in Liberation Unleashed, or Batman, you know. And we ask people, what's the difference between you and Batman? <laughs> do you look for a Batman in the room right now? And they say, no. Well, why do you look for the self? It's just the same. So this, there is this other aspect of the story, and um, seeing how story just gets narrated by itself um, and then the biggest part is looking at the thoughts themselves mm -hmm. basically the question is 
where the results come from. And you can't imagine how many people never even thought about that. Mm. So we ask a question, and they come back with the answer, and then we know what to ask again. Um, and this all so takes place through, through email, pretty much? Email, Facebook, forum. Forum is the main platform. Forum, now. okay. Yeah. No, it's not like a Skype conversation, face-to-face. -face. No, it's it's no. more like all typed out. Yeah, see, when you, when you communicate very quickly, the answers usually come from the mind. And yeah. when, you, when you have time to look at it, look at the question, spend time with it, sit with it, then you get a different answer. It's not a quick, right now, wherever I remember I read. It's something coming from a deeper. Okay. Yeah. So we give them exercises as well and then um, go through different points. And literally, it's, it's seeing that there is no self. But how to get to that point, everyone is different. And um, all depends on how many beliefs you have already. So sometimes it takes months to deconstruct beliefs. Other times it's just like one question and people pop. <laughs> so. How many people have you worked with so far? <laughs> Several hundred. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Not and everyone goes through the gates. Right. Not could everyone you, is ready. Could you, could you give a percentage? Oh, maybe half. Okay. Maybe. Uh, well, what, what happens to the other half? Do they give up? or? Um, sometimes they give up. Other times they come back, even like half a year later. Mm -hmm. So yes. I, I can't say that there is escape from that question. So when, once the idea gets in your head, it, it finds a way. But and are there, there people, are, yeah. are there people who go through the gate, so to speak, and then six months later they think, wait, I don't think I went through the gate because you know, <laughs> uh, things happens. aren't going so well. <laughs> <laughs> happens a panic attack like oh my god I didn't yeah. expect that and then we go again yeah. what expect there is nothing to expect <laughs> what mm -hmm. is that is what is <laughs> it doesn't matter what you expect that that needs to burn away or fall away yeah um, you want to add anything Elena I would add that um, it's interesting because I found especially in the beginning very difficult to work with people who know a lot yeah. <laughs> with people from non-duality and Advaita um, I actually feared them because <laughs> they'd be so so intellectual with you or so you know it's interesting because they would they just um, um, they have all these beliefs about mostly mostly already believes it like identification with consciousness mm -hmm. awareness something bigger so mm -hmm. it's more it's it's kind of more comfortable now i'm not this little me but i'm this big nice awareness <laughs> and i found that um very challenging to work with in the beginning um i worked a lot with um vipassana people and they were easier for me to work with because they used to sit in a meditation and watch the so thoughts, sensations, uh, feelings. Uh, basically, I would just, um, it would be easier for me because they didn't have any illusions about where thoughts come from, all the significations with awareness and consciousness and luminous um, lightness. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now I um, now I can um, 
I, I can actually work with people um, who who um, who have this identification, but before it was kind of a challenge for me, yeah. Yeah, someone told me that you guys kind of have a problem with a lot of teachers these days, such as Karen Richards and Rupert Spira and Ventino Massaro and what? Francis Lucille and Jeff Foster and even even Ramana Maharshi. I don't know if this is true because I haven't really it's been not. following. Well, no, that's not true. Prob problem in the sense that they may speak that's of so a, they may speak of a bigger awareness as being the self. You know that okay, fine, you're not the self. There is no self as far as individuality is concerned because you are that that cosmic awareness, that larger awareness, and that somehow that kind of teaching clashes with your understanding or your approach to this. Is that is that true or no? Can I say something? Sure, yes, please. <laughs> okay, we don't have a problem with teachers or what they teach, because mm -hmm. we don't teach. We are not teachers. We only point people to see for themselves. Okay. And, and this word self is very confusing for those who want to see, who are trying to, to see it, because Self is me, and the big self, capital S, or or small self, it's all identification. So, wait a minute. What is identification? Small self, large self? Yeah, yeah. So. Well, wait a minute. What do you mean by identification? Uh, what I mean by identification is saying oh. I am awareness. Mm -hmm. That is identification. I am space. This is identification. Everything that says I am this or I am that, that is identification. So in the seeing, the identification drops. Hmm. It, it doesn't affect uniqueness. It doesn't affect what is. It affects the thinking, what, what I am. I think a person uh, could definitely be have an orientation where not based so much on uh, deep experience but based on a belief or an intellectual concept they might say I am just awareness and that would be like like you say it would be you could call it identification it's it's not really deeply genuine it's it's they're kind of uh, mistaking an intellectual understanding for actual liberation or actual realization but there it would also be possible for a person to say you know, I am that, I am that wholeness, I am Brahman or whatever, and for it not to be a, a, a limited, overshadowed, trapped, identified state, for it to actually be a, you know, given the, the woeful inadequacy of words, you know, they're not really conveying the experience, but they could very well be a genuine realizer making such a statement and and traditionally, many have, have it's one of the traditional Mahavakyas in the Upanishads. I am that doesn't mean you know that I, this little individual guy, am that. It means that alone is, and you know I, that the realization of that that alone is has dawned, and I'm just expressing it in human terms mm -hmm. as best I can. Yes, uh, yes, agreed. It, it's. Uh, can I add? Please. Uh huh. Uh, what you said, it's um, it's true. Um, in a sense that a lot of people they express their own experience it's 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 an experience a lot of people express identification so basically um, right now we have some people coming to us and they had an experience already um, with 
self with self um, fallen the um, illusion of sin illusion of self mm-hmm. and they are coming from the tradition where they express it as I am this light love um, consciousness and then what we do we actually check we we do the same process with them we check if it's actually is their own experience or it's a learned belief I see. from yeah. from the books from mm-hmm. other teachers and and yes and the same process uh, we have this process for everybody who comes to liberation unleashed mm-hmm. and uh, at the um, recently a lot of people actually come who don't need to see uh, that self does not exist they already saw it why they come because they see community contributing to um, awakening of others like ordinary people help each other mm-hmm. they feel they want to serve also and they already saw that self is not um, a real they come and they want to help we check them just the same like other people just to make sure that they saw it <laughs> and not have identification so not to uh, bring um, not so they can help others you know yeah. Yeah, well, that's good. I, I appreciate that, yes. and uh, I, I I like the kind of quality control aspect. Of it. <laughs> uh, and in fact, I have a Facebook friend who is one of those people, and um, it, you know had a awakening before she came to you guys. But then, you know, I don't know if she's still doing it, but for a while she was serving as one of your teachers or guides or whatever you call them. Um, mm-hmm. And undoubtedly, you put her through that process before letting her do that to make sure. She, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, we don't want to confuse people. We want them to get unconfused. Right. <laughs> so and, and, and it is very prevalent, here, actually. Yeah. No, I agree. And it, unfortunately, it is rather prevalent that people get good with the terminology. You know, they go to a few songs, read a bunch of books, get good with the terminology, and then sometimes even set themselves up as teachers. Uh, yeah. You know, whereas they actually haven't had the experience that they're talking about, um, and they they may believe they have had it, but they might very well be confusing the understanding for the experience. Yeah, and yeah. Um, what it's easy for me um, <laughs> in some way because English is my second language. Mm-hmm. So basically, I would say, um, can you can you stop using all this like? Um, Complicated, complicated words. Imagine that I'm as a child and you explaining what is awakening to a small child. Mm-hmm. So um, that's how I go with it. And um, or I would say I just don't understand what you what you're saying. Just can you repeat it more like in a simple language? Awakening is um, if it's an experience is actually. <laughs> absolutely simple thing <laughs> so and it can be explained in a simple words me and Elona our language is um, not English right and we work with <laughs> with everybody and everybody understands us um, what we want to point to so it's not necessary to have all this um, 
elaborate vocabulary about consciousness and uh, uh, luminous uh, <laughs> being. <Yeah>. And <laughs> yes, it's a, sort of a. Some people are intellectually inclined, but it actually can be an impediment. Uh, you know, as, as Jesus said, you know, except you be as little children, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> so yeah. he, was, he was advocating yeah. simplicity. Yeah. Do you ever work with Lithuanians and Russians in their native languages? Uh, yeah. It's actually interesting because uh, just recently we have couple, uh, several Russians came. All this time we were working with people all over the world mm -hmm. and no Russians, just one Lithuanian. <laughs> you remember, Ilona? Yes. And uh, what happened, one of our guides went to Tiro uh, this summer. And um, I guess by word of mouth, people now come from Moscow. Mm -hmm. And um, we worked with several of them. And uh, I'm very happy because I'm 20 years in America and um, I had no idea how to work with Russian people. I, I didn't read any Russian book in 20 years. So I don't know all these words, all this spiritual language. My, my spiritual so-called language is English. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so, so have we have find, some people. have to find Russian equivalents. Maybe you should just use Sanskrit words and it won't matter. <laughs> I <laughs> huh. um, got some interesting emails from people this one was very thoughtful this guy um, he felt that what you were doing was perhaps very effective for people um, he himself underwent a profound awakening some years ago and uh, I think you would acknowledge he had gone through the gate if you put him through the test uh, but here's some comments he made perhaps we can discuss them he said uh, it's one thing to liberate the notion of an I as a primary reality. Sorry for the big words. It's another thing to liberate all experience and behavior from notional attachment constraints. Oh. What do you, do you get the question? You know what he's saying there? Yes. Yes. He's talking about, um, about samskaras, probably. About yeah, it could be. Samskaras, vasanas. It's one mm -hmm. thing to sort of realize, oh, there is no self. Oh, and then, but you could have a, a you know, shitload, pardon the language, of stuff that you're, you know, baggage that um, hasn't been um, inspected, you know, and, inspected and, <laughs> and released and unloaded. And I, I suppose, as you say earlier, that could take a lifetime. Yeah. Want to um, elaborate on that, Anya? There's some more he says, too, if you'd like me to read it. Um, okay. He said, it's a little bit of a long paragraph, but I think it's well written and insightful. He says, I respect their logic and insights on this particular subject. It's important stuff for the realization of unity. But so what? How difficult is it to realize that there is only experience and there is no I in control? However, this unity can be an inch deep with little implication. It just depends on what room is opened. How deep is the non-dual experience? What happens when the eye is gone? Is there divinity in the room or just emptiness? Is there compassion or just I don't give a shit? Is there crazy wisdom or embodied wisdom? Is the freedom simply internal and you're a control freak with everyone else? So I think what he's saying, I mean, we've seen teachers who claim to be realized and they behave reprehensibly uh, with others. And there's a lot of corruption and a lot of problems. So I think he's saying that you know it's n it's not enough to just realize there's no I. That there that real embodied realization to be worth anything should be a complete package where, as he says, there's uh, you know divinity in the room and not just emptiness. 
Uh, can I say something? Yeah, sure. Okay. I am not a complete package. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're few I, and far between, believe me. <laughs> okay. I do what I can mm -hmm. right now. And um, after many years of searching, I was just drawn to help others to see what I saw and just relax and start just living. And ever, like I can't control what will be with somebody whom I help. Just like what I, I can't control anything in my life. Um, it's just, just whatever happening right now, a lot of it uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But um, it's not, I'm not suffering. <laughs> yeah, there is, there is no big. suffering. That's big. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, that package. Um, <laughs> everybody and we, would has you say you're not package. suffering because there's no one to suffer? Is that why you're not suffering? There's no sufferer yet any more to be found? Um, first of all, there is no suffering because there is no seeking. And right. uh, that drive to, to seek to, to, for... I, I can't even say for enlightenment. Um, I, I had the drive to become a better person. I wanted to become better. Mm -hmm. I wanted to become lighter. And I had that drive. That drive was primal, in, like pr just primal thing in my life. And everything else was like secondary, you know. Right now, it's just so much better, even though there are so many problems but I just like just go by my life and and there is no there is no something I'm not driven by by something which takes me off what I have to do right now mm -hmm. so th that suffering is gone yeah Good. Um, suffering of of, um, of being driven right yes well, I well remember it. Um, <laughs> I remember it too. <laughs> yeah, and and in my own life, uh, I I almost couldn't tell you when, but somehow it just relaxed. You, you've used used the word relaxed before. I think it's an important word. Um, I just relaxed out of that, and uh, I I still feel uh, that there is tremendous growth and discovery yet to undergo. Yes. All kinds of wonderful possibilities. Who knows? But it's no longer driven by a sense of need or yearning or desper yes. desperation or emptiness or inadequacy or any of those things. Yes. And since I sit in Vipassana before a lot, mm -hmm. I um, I become a connoisseur of the sensations in the body. You know, mm -hmm. like um, somebody who um, who tries a lot of wine. He mm -hmm. will become a connoisseur of wine, right? right? And I could just like discern sensations in the body. Mm -hmm. And those sensations of seeking, gone. Mm. Just gone. Just, uh, um, um, just got dissolved. They are not there anymore. Right. Yes. So even now you may sit and notice sensations in the body, but the old yearning, seeking kind of thing is gone. Yes, that 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 is zero right now. Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And you know, some people say, "Well, give up the search." 
Um, it could be, that could be a premature instruction. I mean, it, it, you know, it's not like you can just drop it, but at a certain point it drops. And to add to, to the answer, I would say what, what I was writing in the email, it's again, it's just the first step and takes different people, different time to realize different things. So it's not, every, nothing happens overnight, mm -hmm. of course. Once you see three illusion, a lot disappears immediately, yeah. but everyone is individual and everyone's unfoldment is individual. So there is no set rule if you see divinity or emptiness straight away. It's everyone goes their own way as before. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a line. It's just I thought a line. of an analogy when I was thinking about this interview. You know, if, if you're in a pitch black room and you strike a match, it can be very dazzling and, mm -hmm. you know, to kind of almost blinding. You can feel like, whoa, the room is really fully illuminated now with this match light. But, but you know, someone who is, f you know, accustomed to a fully, fully illuminated room would think the room is still really quite dark. Um, so I think there could be a tendency for people who have some initial awakening or realization, perhaps even going through this gate you mentioned, <laughs> who, you know, feel like, whoa, this is it, I'm done, uh, you know. Well, the match is not the fire. You need to make a fire and make it yeah. illuminate everything else. <laughs> right. So, you know, but it is quite common that, that and, and, you know, I talk to a lot of people and it, that some initial realization, in the big picture of things, it really is preliminary, uh, you know, might be very significant and very profound, but still in the big picture, preliminary, is mistaken as some kind of final, ultimate, you know, destination or realization. Um, we have different people coming to us. We have people coming who are like 18 years old and um, they're young and they never went through any, um, any spiritual search. They have this initial realization. Some of them feel like this is it. Mm -hmm. And it lasts like a month <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> right. then they come back um, yes and we uh, continue to work with them we have people coming who are 40 years in the spiritual search uh, we have people coming who are teachers of like we had uh, Vipassana meditation teacher um, yeah, I read his story yes yeah. uh, was very interesting to work with him <laughs> mm -hmm. um, who basically um, they they looked all their life and they gone through a lot of mind purification already so they worked on their conditioning for many many years they just needed a little push so they this surge this this drivenness relaxed so we, we deal with different, different people. That's why in the beginning, me and Elona created this group, Unleashed, and now we have more groups to help. Uh, beyond the gate, we have group, useful That's all talk. on Facebook, yeah. Yes, on Facebook, yes. Uh, we created these groups to help people uh, with, they come from, from different places, different uh, age and different experiences mm -hmm. and after the gate 
um, they have different experiences too with their conditioning. So we help um, to, 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 to show them that it's, it's not the end. And um, kind of don't expect that if you, if you are not in peace because of your conditioning, that's something wrong with you. Um, right. Well, that you haven't seen it. Yes. Right. Did you ever have? Do you ever have anybody come to you whom you feel like, hey, what are you coming to me for? Your your experience is way beyond mine. What do you mean, Rick? And do you ever have people coming to you who whom you feel are actually more uh, spiritually advanced than yourself, more clear in their understanding, deeper in their realization, or something, and you feel like. You know, I should. You should be teaching me, not the other way around. Oh, when this teacher came to me, this, oh, this Vipassana guy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. He's yeah. He's um, ordained um Buddhist monk, mm-hmm. and he's Vipassana teacher. When he came to me, I actually, um, like, I I had no idea how I will be working with him, <laughs> but this is the this is the art of this. This is the art. It it's not comes from the mind. You sit with somebody, and you just uh, look at where they are right now, and somehow you're in this space. the The only space that that I feel when I work with people that there is no this separate entity. That's the only thing, right? I, I have to be, <laughs> and I am, right? So with whatever they come, they get into the space of me n- not as a separate entity. And I'm calling them, calling them, and calling them there. Mm-hmm. So they may be advanced, but if they missions, if they still have that identification, I will be calling them to one and only place. Look there. Look there. They they probably know more than me. <laughs> and they went through more mind um, purification than me. I work only with this small identification. That's only mm-hmm. what I do. No, I, I totally understand. So you, you have a very systematic set of tools, so to speak, and uh, those tools can be helpful to someone regardless of where they're at. Where they come from, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah regardless, uh, absolutely, yes. Some some people come lately who uh, who saw that self does not exist, and they want to serve, they want to be part of the community, worldwide community that somehow created. <laughs> and... Uh, I would ask them questions and uh, ask them to to um, answer honestly, and they start to look. They could just like write me already what they realized, but one guy recently said, "You know, I wanted to uh, use this opportunity to look further." <laughs> mm-hmm. So I like that. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to add anything, Ilona? Not you don't have to. I'm just checking to make sure that you have a chance. Uh, okay. There are uh, a couple of questions come to mind. 
Um, do you feel that the world exists? <laughs> Anything said. Might sound like a funny question, but let's say let's say a tree. Let's take a tree. Does okay. does it does a tree really exist? Well, it exists more than a Batman. More than a Batman. Okay, but um, I'm, I'll tell you where I'm going with this. Like, take the tree, look more closely, and you just see cells. Now, those don't really resemble a tree. Go down. Well, you more. don't see cells. No, but if you have the right instruments, let's say, mm -hmm. and go more deeply. And you just see, let's say, molecules. Those don't look like a tree at all. Go, go more deeply, you just see atoms. Those don't look like anything like a tree. Go more deeply, you just have subatomic particles. Go more deeply than that, you have nothing. You have a field of pure potentiality that, out of which trees and elephants and everything else can arise, but no trees there. Mm -hmm. so, well, there is seeing the tree. There is feeling the tree. And yeah, but is that an real? An image of a tree. Sure. Yeah. But those are all, you know, if, what are you really seeing or feeling? You know, it's just sort of the human appar sensory apparatus is, says tree for, for a bat. An image of a tree. An image of a tree, yeah. So when I, I was thinking about this, when I was talking, think, you know, thinking about your no-self thing, because in a way you could say the same thing of the universe that we can say of the, the so-called existence of a self. If you look deeply enough, there isn't one. But there is a story about it. There's a story <laughs> about it, just as there is a story about a self. So in that and sense, about a tree. And about a tree. So in that sense, you could say, you know, we're, we're embodied beings. We have bodies, physical bodies with blood and bones and all that. We have subtler aspects of these bodies, you know, intellect, senses, smell, taste, touch, uh, mind. Uh, and in that sense, you, and you could say we have a self, but how real is it, you know, ultimately? There's, there's a felt sense of I. If, uh, you know, if you smash your toe onto something, it's not the couch that feels the pain. There's some kind of localized experience of pain. But um, it's not the I that senses the pain. It's the sensory apparatus. Yeah. yeah. And I is just a label that we stuck on it. And yeah. The I that senses the pain. But if there weren't consciousness, you wouldn't know that there was pain there would be unconscious. Let's say you were heavily uh, sedated on you know, morphine or something. Well, of course, if you it, get a, an operation, you don't feel pain. I mean, right. the body is knocked out. The so, nerves are frozen. Mm -hmm. So consciousness is the foundation or essential constituent of experience. Pain, happiness, pleasure, seeing, hearing, tasting. It's, it's, it's the ingredient which is there regardless of the particular experience a person is having. Would you agree? Uh, I, I agree that person is not having an experience. <laughs> well, right now, an experience is taking place. We're talking to each other. Yes. And, uh, but there is no person here. No. There but is later, talking. Later, there on is we'll be, later on, we'll be eating dinner or, or you know, watching a movie or, or whatever we're doing. Those are there's still no person. <laughs> there's still no person, but there's consciousness. Yes, and that is not a person. Right. Right. But that consciousness now is what many spiritual teachers have been saying for thousands of years is what you really are. You know, it's not a person. It's a field. It's, 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 an, it's kind of a not, it's an unlocalized field. And if you want to know what you are, you know, realize that in its fullness. Yes, I agree completely. Okay. But you start saying that there is a person, then that field shrinks into... Yeah, 
Well, and, and for, here's an interesting question. Now, I interviewed Tony Parsons maybe a year ago or so, you know, Tony Parsons. Mm-hmm. A, and uh, he's big on this point of, you know, it's just life walling or life, you know, watering or whatever. It's just the essence of life expressing as these appearances and that there is no person. That's one of his main themes. And he concludes from that that since there is no person, there couldn't be reincarnation because that implies the existence of a person that would reincarnate. There couldn't be karma because that implies the existence of a person to whom the karma will be delivered and so on. Um, and uh, I have an, uh, an answer to that, but I wonder if you also think that way. Or haven't, you asked- you, ha- haven't you thought about it? I don't know. I'm asking either of you. Oh, okay. I can say that we can speculate um, but uh, I just I just trust my own experience mm-hmm. and um, I'm not big on speculation. speculating about some bigger um, something bigger okay um, if I if I am in the middle of experience, and I feel fullness, as I said, right? Mm-hmm. I feel fullness. Um, or um, like um, you remember, like Mr. Gadata said, um, I know that I'm nothing, and I also know that I'm everything. Mm-hmm. So basically, he said it in the middle of his experience. Yes. So I only can talk from my experience. That's good. Yes. <laughs> um, well, the reason I, I brought it up is that, uh, you know, in Tony Parsons' case, he was quite adamant about it. He wasn't speculating. And, and I shouldn't pick on him because he's a delightful guy. I like him. <laughs> but, I like um, him too. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes people take that kind of understanding and they jump to conclusions. Like, for instance, they say, oh, well, since there is no self, no person, you shouldn't bother with spiritual practices because that only will reinforce the notion of a person. But to, we all, to which I would answer, then you shouldn't bother eating because that only reinforces the notion of an eater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but we already, um, again, talking about people taking somebody else's words, somebody else's experience, and talking from the mind, mm-hmm. um, it just doesn't work. <laughs> it just, um, I don't know, it just, um, it just doesn't work. If, if you're in, the, in your own experience and you feel nothing or everything, there will be no, um, there will be no question of um, this is it, I have, I, 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 I don't need to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be no questions in, the, in, that, in that space, you know. Uh, you just will know for yourself. Um, and for everybody is different. Right. It's completely different. Um, I know what, what, what is for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what all I know. What is for me? <laughs> for, I don't know what is for Ilona or for somebody else. I know that, and I don't even know what is for me tomorrow. <laughs> I know what is for me right now. Mm-hmm. I, I'm talking and I'm expressing from, from this space. 
And then I will make a next step <laughs> when it appears. <laughs> that sounds good. Now I like that. Do you want to add anything to that, Alona? Yes. Um, what was I going to say? It'll come back to you. As soon as it comes back, you just, <laughs> in, you just interrupt, okay? Um, okay. <laughs> as soon as you remember. Um, okay. No, I like that. Uh, it's you know, very genuine and honest, I think, that you're not... Oh, okay. yes. oh good, good. I yes. knew it would come back. Okay. <laughs> well, we are not teaching people what is what or how life works or what is it made of or what is this. Okay. We don't know. Have a good. look for yourself and make up your own mind. Mm -hmm. Good. So you have a specialty, you could say, and you stick to yes. your specialty. You're not yeah. going to yes. get into somebody else's business. We or... help people to cross that line. The mm -hmm. best, it's not up to us. Up to them. Yeah. Okay. Where they uh, go, how they go, what they want to investigate, explore. It, it's really not up to us. We have these groups that we can talk to each other and share experiences, but no one there in any group says, this is like this. Yeah. I'm the boss. This is what I say. No. We only say investigate, check if it's true. And do, you, do you find that sometimes people are, I don't know what word you would use, they're kind of certified as having passed through the gate uh, prematurely, does it turn out, you know, six months down the line, you feel like, well, so based on what, what this person seems to be experiencing now, maybe we shouldn't have given them, uh, you know, a, a gold star? Okay, uh, it's very, very simple because the, the belief in the separate self is really the same like a belief in Santo and any other magical story. So let's say you are a kid and, one, and you believe that you're a street fairy, mm -hmm. and then one day you find out it was your mom, so you don't believe in that story anymore. No matter how much time comes, whatever happens in your life, you will never going to believe in that story anymore. You know that there is a fantasy. So there is no way back. Once you see it, you see it. If you don't see it, you can believe anything you like, you can say anything you like, but it's just seeing itself that sorts of problem for good. And if if, let's say somebody says after some time, oh, I, I believe I did see it. There is the only question. Can you ever believe that there is this separate self that is driving your body and taking care of life and managing everything? And no one ever said, yes, I believe that again. No. <laughs> it would be the same as believing in Santa again. You know? Yeah, but to me, the word belief um, has a pretty superficial connotation. Um, you know, I don't really care what a person believes or doesn't believe. I and, and we've been touching upon this point in the interview. What what interests me is what their ex actual experience is. So, like here, here's a couple of quotes from people, for instance, who've been through your thing. Um, here's a person who says, "Although I have seen through the self and see that this ghostly presence is indeed fictitious, I still have a clear feeling of being a separate self." Here's another one. One year later, and I'm still not so enlightened painful to see all the things I thought I would escape linger on. Um, I thought I was so enlightened in the first few months post-gate, but now... Um, so, you know, I, and the reason I'm reading those is not to put you on the spot, but to suggest that just the belief or the intellectual understanding that there is no personal self, one can be totally, you know, believing that, like, okay, no Santa Claus, no Easter Bunny, no personal self, but it may not go that deep in terms of actually impacting a person's life or, or bringing about some genuine, uh, profound realization. Uh, yes, and actually, again, we uh, come to the same what we talk about because mm -hmm. a lot of people come to us 
um, and they are all different and they all have different conditioning and they all have different expectations and um, seeing that self does not exist is important but also then the conditioning comes up and if somebody is not ready to look at the conditioning uh, he freaks out and oh nothing happens and it's actually I'm still suffering you know that's mm -hmm. that's why we uh, created all these groups like after we call it aftercare mm -hmm. and um, um, and actually what I do I I'm not a teacher in any sense <laughs> anti-teacher probably but I'm very transparent in my own being and um, unfolding here is kind of was very dramatic like you said dramatic word before and I'm sharing this openly very openly like look here here I am and um, this is what happening in my life the only difference that I have and you have is a trust trust in in a flow of life and my flow is really dramatic and um, I trust for some reason maybe because I was sitting in Vipassana so many years who knows I don't know <laughs> maybe could be could be right but I do, because by my experience in Vipassana um, seeing basically what is Vipassana Vipassana is seeing um, life as it is not as you would like it to be and in Vipassana you actually sit and and look life like watch life as it is and I'm continue to do the same I'm just watching life as it is <laughs> that's why I have this trust and I bring this trust and to other people to to just um, see how um, even with with difficulties um, this is it this right. is life um, and when you try to be peaceful when you try to be like somebody else when you compare this is escape from life mm -hmm. this is what we call spiritual bypassing mm. right so yeah, good points um, do you want to add anything to that Ilona well it all comes back to expectations if you expect enlightenment to happen after you've seen yourself well you're going to suffer about that so would you agree then that perhaps you use the word liberation a little bit liberally or generously? Uh, and we've kind of covered this because you've acknowledged many times that you know this passing through the gate is really just a start. Um, and maybe you don't say that that is liberation. I don't know. Personally, I would. And we, we, words are just agreed upon terms that you know we have to just sort of agree on their meanings if we're going to communicate. And I kind of like to use the word liberation in a more ultimate sense uh, as well as the word enlightenment um, but you know someone who says okay you know I've, I, I was I passed through this gate a year ago and I'm still not so enlightened um, would you say that person is liberated in your terminology or they're just kind of they made a good start and uh, we'll see how they go from here we don't use word enlightenment but we use word liberation yeah and actually uh, liberation from what 
right? Mm-hmm. It would, I would ask people, um, for example, how does it feel to be liberated? And this question is um, like a Zen koan mm-hmm. that will show me by their answer where they are. And then I would ask, liberated from what? Liberated from illusion of the separate entity. Mm-hmm. That's what we mean. That's all it is. Uh, liberation in more ultimate sense, like like uh, liberated from all the conditioning, from all the sankaras. No, we we don't <laughs> we don't do these services. Yeah. <laughs> first step. First step. Can that's that's the sense. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Elena. Say it again. I interrupted. It's the first step that needs to be taken on the way to li- complete liberation. Without that first step, there is no liberation. Okay. So, so, so that's fair enough. So you guys are like first step specialists. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> we are. A whole loads of us. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Good. No, as long as, I mean, as long as that's the understanding, I think it's honest and it's, it's helpful because it's not, I mean, you, you yourself have said very nicely, Elena, that you, you just are what you are and you experience what you experience and you don't want to kind of extrapolate beyond that. And, um, you know, and you, so you're obviously not interested in misrepresenting yourself or, or, or what you're doing. It's, it's just, you're trying to be as honest and can and direct as possible from what I hear you saying. Yeah, and I'm not only trying, uh, I am honest. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Okay. Good. So that helps, Claire. And so just back to one more point, which I found troubling, because, you know, I didn't see this directly, but someone emailed me, and they said that, you know, you guys really sort of um, object to the way some of these teachers are teaching, like, you know, I named their names earlier, and I've interviewed all, pretty much all of these people, except for, you know, one one maybe, whom I'm going to interview in, in October. Um, when you listen, maybe you don't spend the time to listen to other teachers, but when you do, do you um, feel that there's something about the the approach that many teachers are taking that is, um, it just doesn't jibe with with your approach? You, you disagree with what they're saying or something or what? Um, actually, I stopped watching all other teachers mm-hmm. and I stopped reading all the books. It's just this uh, need of listening to somebody dropped. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just not uh, not there anymore. And I can't even make myself <laughs> okay. read a book or watch uh, somebody's video. Um, said that I actually before this interview I went and um, I watched you interviewed um, Ben Smythe, and I really like him. Yeah, he's great. Yes, yes. And I watched his videos before. Mm-hmm. And actually, I totally like agree with what he is saying. Mm-hmm. And he is also transparent, and he is what he is. And um, I had, I actually very much enjoyed uh, that interview mm-hmm. with him. Um, but about others, I, I didn't watch much of like people. Okay, no problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. And how about you, Alona? Any response to that? <laughs> it's just very funny that people email that. Well, I, you know, I, I, okay. I mean, I mean, people actually use the word that you actually hate one of these guys, and I thought, well, I don't know. I, 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 I would, I would. <laughs> I don't I read your blog, so who I don't know. Is writing this? Well, why? the person wouldn't want me to reveal their name, but of course, uh, I'm not asking who. It's just 
funny. Yeah, but why would they be writing this? So no one's going to post uh, after this interview examples of things you've actually said about Bentinho or one of these people that, that you just it's you maybe it's some people who were like students of yours who said this stuff and you're getting the blame for it. I don't know. Well, we had a thing with Bentinho that was over a year. What was your problem with Bentinho? <laughs> oh well, he was saying relax. We were saying okay, if you relax, you're not gonna. Were you, were you saying that it wasn't it wasn't sufficient to just relax? Is that what you were saying? Yes. Okay. We yeah, were talking about self-realization, mm -hmm. which is investigation and uh, clearing the confusion in the mind. Yeah. What he was saying is, if you just relax and do this and do that and do nothing, then you will realize. And mm -hmm. I think uh, a different approach. It does work after you cross the line, not so much before you cross the line. If you yeah. want to end the search, you investigate. That, that was the only thing. We never said anything about Rupert Spira or whoever else. Okay. Well, to tell you the truth, I actually had the same uh, problem with Bentinho. I love the guy. He's totally sweet, but I, I sort of felt like just relaxing the three to five seconds isn't going <laughs> to no. have that much of a, an effect. No. Uh, but I but I kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt, and I thought, okay, well, maybe he's he knows something here that I don't. But it, <laughs> it just didn't seem to me that it's going to really pop a person through, you know. No, it's not going to pop. A but person. maybe it does. Maybe some of the people. But are... it's it's really helpful after. Yeah. It all yes. comes to noticing. But well, and th and I think he is at a point where he is after. You know, for him. You know, relaxing for three to five seconds actually really does something profound. But for the average person, there's so many layers of conditioning that you really don't get past very many of the layers if you just relax for three to five seconds at a stoplight or whatever. You know, before. Yeah. I actually have been working with people using a different method that kind of popped spontaneously. Um, it's asking the mind and the heart itself if they are at peace. And if they are not at peace, what's in the way and just finding that one belief that is running away from childhood that is making a whole this chaos in the system it cannot be get rid of because it's in the mind it's doing its job and it's nothing wrong with that but seeing that how it runs noticing that mechanism it actually resolves the problem and this is relaxes it's released so yeah, you can relax for three seconds, 50 times a day. It's not going to reach that place where you actually go in with somebody that holds your focus, ask the mind itself, and listens to it, what it has to say, and then it is what is in a way of feeling at peace. Yeah. Yeah. And Rick, can I add also? Sure. Um, I would say also why... Um, why we had that with Bentinta? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, uh, I would say about myself, not about Elona. I think I had I had some conditioning was working. Uh, I, I actually noticed a lot of people go through different conditioning, and one of them is uh, um, a kind of um, a judgment, judgmental, mm -hmm. uh, ju uh, um, judgment sensations yeah, right yeah. so i would say right now even if you put me with ben and tell <laughs> have an argument i'm not sure if i will even have an argument because 
I think that conditioning just worked out itself. I see. So you, you know? were you were going through a phase, maybe. And he he is also. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, he, I mean, his his teaching has evolved a lot in the last year. You know. So basically, he he actually went through the same working out of of judgment conditioning about about what we do. Okay. So and and on that we actually helped each other. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I saw that I wanted message. It doesn't matter what the message. It lands exactly where it has to land. Yeah. It, it, well, anyone can say anything, and it may be true for somebody, but not so true for somebody else. Exactly. I mean, you know, we're all on the same big boat together, and uh, you know, as, as I see it, I mean, I've talked. You're, you're like 135 interviews now. I think yours will be or six maybe, and every single person I talked to had something of value. And, you know, it wasn't necessarily a value to the whole world, but it was a value to the people who connected with them. Yeah. And uh, I would say that of every teacher in the world, I mean, some of whom might, from one perspective, be quite deluded, but, you know, they're serving a value for the people that are attracted to them. And maybe, you know, in the big picture of things, it's relatively not so valuable, but who knows, you know, I mean, there's... I go out and pick up dog poop in the yard uh, every day, and there are certain bugs that love it. Um, so ev everything, <laughs> everything has its value. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me too. I, I agree to that too. Yes. Yeah. So we're all doing what we can. I think the Beatles sang, and uh, you know, we're all making a contribution. Mm -hmm. And yeah. actually, this judgment um, conditioning—it's um, interesting because um, I. Just, just as it, that so spiritual search drivenness, the judgment also. Um, I would not say it's zero. I can't access that that much, but it's so low. Um, I'm actually amazed, and this is one of the benefits. Mm -hmm. Like we started from benefits, what we do, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, one of the benefit that. It's just so much acceptance to all the variety of everything in life. Mm -hmm. uh, there is no judgment because if you judge something, then it's kind of, then you don't see that it's part of the life, then it's something separate from life. And it can't be, anything can't be separate from life. Mm -hmm. Everything is is <laughs> I, I I sound like Tony Parsons probably. <laughs> no, you're you're absolutely right. And you know Jesus said, "Judge not, lest ye be judged." Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah. So anyway, that's the point. Um, Ilona, were you trying to say something? No. Okay. Um, so good. We've we've covered some good points, and that's what I meant in the beginning when I was talking about benefits. I didn't mean like you know get bigger muscles or a new car or anything like that. I, I was talking about subtler stuff like this, you know, be, becoming less judgmental, becoming more loving perhaps, you know, being a, that kind of thing. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, can we talk but that's about why you're so, I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that's about the resistance. Pardon? If you resist what is. Oh. <laughs> dog's barking. That, that's Rick's dog. Yeah, yeah. 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 She, she gets excited and wants <laughs> dog biscuits and barks. <laughs> Actually, can can we talk about love? Sure. Yeah, please. Yeah, um, as we talk about benefits, right? Mm -hmm. 
what we do this process is actually um, Ilona said investigating what is and uh, deconstructing what is um, not true in the mind and it's actually mind realization but what I notice after that it can go also into opening of the heart yes. which happens to me which happens to Ilona mm -hmm. which happened to a lot of people who are actually serving um, selflessly absolutely mm -hmm. in oh, their own free, free time um, just because just because something is going on in the heart you know mm. And um, I served a lot in Vipassana before. And this is like a continuous process. And it's always further with opening of the heart. And um, this, is, this is actually what further for me. When you asked before, Rick, like what, what, where are you going? Something like where you see yourself. Yeah, yeah, right. Yes. So this is the direction you see this happening. This is the direction right. I see happening. The opening of the heart. That's yes. beautiful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like a comp like um, compassion, which is like com word compassion does not even um, does not even touch what I sometimes feel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I know you don't like the term self-realization, maybe, but um, what, when people use that term. They're essentially meaning what you mean by seeing no self, because they're. But but very often, some in some spiritual traditions, self-realization is considered to be the foundation of deep unfolding of the heart. Mm -hmm. And you know that in, prior to that, there isn't the kind of. It's like a small pond, which we try to if it rises, tries to rise up in waves. It just stirs up the mud at the bottom. But a deep ocean can rise up in great big tidal waves without stirring up mud. You know. Mm -hmm. We don't have problems with words. We know words are just words, and experience is experience. And yeah. that experience, it cannot be described in words. Right. Because in the end, that what is, it cannot be described. It like can be uh, experience, but yeah. not put in words. Right. Yes. We can call it whatever name. Well, speaking as long of, as you know what's behind. Yeah, as words. long as you know what you're actually talking about with the words. Yeah. Words are just like yeah. little signposts. That's posts. where people connect. Yeah. Yeah. They know what they're talking about. We weren't right. using words. We couldn't words. couldn't have this interview. We just sit and stare at each other. Exactly. <laughs> 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 I, actually, before this interview, I was thinking about love and with relation to to your whole thing, and I was thinking of that phrase, um, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. And, you know, superficially, that doesn't mean much because most people don't even love themselves They're in, in an individual sense. And so, you know, they're not going to do so good, well by the neighbor. But I think what that phrase really refers to is, you know, seeing the neighbor as the self. And, and by self, I just mean the deeper consciousness, you know, seeing that, you know, we're the same thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you yeah. know, you, you look at a, an insect or something and feel this wave of love because you see the, the most refined value in that little life, in that little being. Or, or what's say, of an insect, a, a human being. Yeah. What touched me uh, recently on Facebook, I saw a phrase, a very simple phrase that spoke to me. And <laughs> I'll tell you what it is. Uh -huh. God, give me wisdom so I can, ki I can have kindness for all. Mm. God, nice. gi give me wisdom so I can have 
just kindness for all, right? <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. It's very difficult to have kindness for all when some of them, so to speak, doing wrong uh, or something different what you like. <laughs> yeah. So only when you really see, when you really, really see the truth, then you can be kind for everything. Mm -hmm. Well, think of Jesus on the cross. I mean, the guys are nailing nails into his wrists, and he's saying, forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. Yes. You know, yeah. there's that feeling of kindness and love to those oh, people. Yes. I definitely feel it now. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I can understand. I totally feel what, what it means. Yes. Yeah. I don't well, think I, I don't think I would feel it under those circumstances. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not that wise, but you, know, but, but you know, can aspire to that maybe. What were, what were you going to say, Alana? I was going to say that it actually all started when we met with Elena in London, and she took me to my first satsang with Pamela Wilson. Uh -huh. And I saw this kindness that this woman had; it, it mm. blew my mind. And then I found that in me, and um, that's how we started this whole whole gig. Yeah, that's nice. It's, it's interesting how we're all sort of interbreeding, so to speak. You know, it's like one person yeah. inspires another person. Like Pamela Wilson, I love Pamela Wilson. I think she's great, yeah. and yeah. Um, hope to interview her again one of these days. And it's just like there's this kind of uh, very um, wholesome contagion spreading throughout the world, where <laughs> e e yeah. people are kind of in infecting each other with this, yeah. this this higher sort of consciousness or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and we both, me and Ilona, using uh, Pamela's technique, if we yeah. can call it like this, Pamela's method, to work with uh, difficult emotions, with mm. emotions that well up when this process um, of looking, mm. of direct pointing what we do, um, and actually, uh, this made a difference from the beginning. Mm. Yes. We yes we have we have to uh, sometimes use a Zen stick mm -hmm. because mind is so conditioning uh, conditioned um, we need like in Zen they use cones right, right to kind of shock the mind so we do use I curse sometimes <laughs> <laughs> and it shocked people and it shut down their mind and they look and they see. Uh, but I also uh, use kindness, so it depends. Like it depends what what somebody needs in this situation. Like for example, some some woman came to me and I said to her, um, I would I would use. Uh, um, I, I I don't remember how exactly I said um, something like I would hold your hand or slap your face. Depends on what you need. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> different strokes for different folks. I use one stroke for everyone. <laughs> I ask some questions. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and actually process is evolving. Um, I stepped out a little bit from, um, for a couple of, for several months, I didn't guide people. I stepped out to sort my, my life situation. Mm -hmm. And Ilona continued to work and her processes evolved. Um, since I don't read anything right now, I didn't even read <laughs> also, so I don't know where she is right now. Uh, so I came back right now to uh, guide people and help others to learn how to guide. 
and um, also starting to change how I do it, just finding uh, what works and what doesn't, and uh, it's just by experience and by my own intuition. Yeah, I think that'll probably keep happening as long as you continue doing yeah. this, you know. Yeah. Well, of course, and yeah. we have a whole group of guys now, so we learn from each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. We have a lot of material. We, mm-hmm. um, we put a lot of, um, like we have a book, right? I, I want to <laughs> use this opportunity to show the book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I've read a good portion of it myself. Um, oh. You also have a, I guess you sent it to me as a PDF because I read it on my Kindle. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's good. It's interesting. It gives you kind of an, what the book is. Well, you, you say what it is. So you can say it better than me. Actually, the book um, is made from the conversations with people. Um, I think it was one and a half year ago. We worked with a lot of people. We were in the beginning. A year ago. That was a year ago. In in summer, yeah, in July. Good. Um, And and actually, I have many people contact me, and Ilona probably too, who read the book, mm-hmm. and they either saw the illusion, or they are very close. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's the book is very useful. Um, I, I had many people who come, and they already almost there. Just they just need a little push, um, like a personal touch, you know. Yeah. Because Everything, everything I already said in this book, right? <laughs> but um, everybody needs just a personal touch because everybody in a different place. And I would ask a question and see where they are. Ask a couple of questions. Here they are. <laughs> yeah. You, you know the word Maya? Yeah. Which, which is usually translated as illusion. Yeah. Um, it's, you might find it interesting but that what that word actually means is that which is not. Hmm. That which is not, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the roots of the word. It's uh, that which is not. And, and obviously you could ex- say which never was, you know. Yes, never was. Yeah. Well, what, what we have now is actually from today, we have an application on an Android, and it also can be run on PC. It's called Enlightening Quotes from Graduation Unleashed. Mm-hmm. And what we've done with the, with the 12 people over six weeks, we collected um, the best quotes, best pointers from the forum. We actually had to go through over a thousand of pages wow. and collect the best quotes. Then we organized them in categories and set up a nice, neat little program so people can download it for free on their Android and just go through all these categories when they're ready. So you really don't need a guide, you just need the right question. Hmm. And that application is going to provide exactly that. So if somebody read a book, went through the application, they may need just a tiny, tiny little thing to see and it's a pop. Yeah. So that's so, on yeah, Liberation that's Unleashed, they can download that from there? Um, it's on Google Play. You actually need to search for Liberation Unleashed uh-huh. and the enlightening quotes. Okay. Well, um, your audio is is deteriorating as we speak, so um, maybe we should wrap this up. And I'll I'll uh, do you want to make any concluding remarks, and then I'm going to say something about how people can get in touch with you and everything. Do, any final statements you want to make? 
Uh, yes, I actually want to tell uh, people who don't know anything about Liberation Unleashed that it's not just me and Ilona. Um, even though I like us, <laughs> but it's more than us, okay? It's the whole network of people all around the world who are selflessly um, volunteer their expertise in, for example, publishing book and editing um, computers, guiding other people. It's, it's, it's a community. And you're not charging money. No, no, we don't charge money. Yes, okay. we don't. Yeah. And we don't uh, even have the donate button. <laughs> yeah, I, I, have, I have one too. I, I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and um, it's interesting because the way it's all unfolded just pointed me that that is beneficial for people. Yeah, there we go just, again. Beneficial. Just, hear that? <laughs> <laughs> just because it was so easy. And so effortless, people, right people just come mm -hmm. and do whatever they they inspired to do. I'm inspired to teach right now how to guide other people to see the illusion. I just do it. Mm -hmm. Ilona uh, do um, some of her process. Somebody was inspired to create this application for Android and actually mm -hmm. doing it for I iPhone too because I have iPhone, I asked for iPhone application <laughs> <laughs> so everything is effortlessly and people just contribute their own time and, and, and um, energy and expertise just from inspiration and so, yeah, and I just want to actually, I want to um, uh, I am so grateful to everybody who is um, who is contributing, and I I also grateful to a lot of established teachers. Like we are not teachers, but there are some established teachers who call themselves teachers, and um, I appreciate some of them. You mean like from, Pamela Wilson or like people Pamela like that? Like Pamela Wilson, yes, like Pamela Wilson, like Daniel Ingram. Mm -hmm. um, like Scott Kilobi, mm -hmm. um, Ben Smythe, um, some some of the some of them saw the benefit what we do from the beginning, and by just supporting us with, with that, like Pamela, just right away linked her website to our website without any questions. It was it just touched me so much, you know. Yeah. Great. Yeah, and I, I, I'm, I so appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree, absolutely. Yeah. It's amazing to see how all the people come together on this mission <laughs> to wake everyone else up. And yeah. It's part of it. So did you, did you hear, Rick, this, the next Buddha is a community? Yeah, I've heard that. The, Buddha <laughs> is the, the next Buddha is the Sangha, they say. Yeah, you know? that's what I feel here. Yeah. That's what I feel, definitely. Because we are ordinary people all over the world helping each other to see what is actually real and what is not. And end this search and just relax and start living the life what is. And we don't need uh, to go to endless retreats with with the teacher. We just like help each other. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah I would, so and I would say, if, <laughs> yeah. And I would say, you know, to in the interest of 
open-mindedness. If somebody wants to go to a retreat with a teacher, great. That's what oh, they yeah, should do. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yes. Yeah. And like, like you went to Adyashanti. It had a nice yeah, effect. And I went to Rupert Spira. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I actually like him very much. Yeah, he's great. I like yes, him too. Yes, yes. <laughs> Good. Okay. Well, this has been fun. Uh, so <laughs> let, me, let me make a couple of concluding remarks. Um, I've been speaking, well, it's, I always feel funny saying this because if a person has been listening this long, they know who, I'm, who, who I've been speaking with. And <laughs> but I've been <laughs> speaking with Ilona Cianate and Elena Nasinski of Liberation Unleashed. Um, this is an ongoing series of interviews that you, uh, you've been watching one of, and um, they can all be found on YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can subscribe to the channel, and I think YouTube will notify you whenever a new one is posted. They can also be found at batgap.com, B-A-T-G-A-P, and there you will also find um, a link to an audio podcast if you'd rather just listen to this as an audio on your iPod or your iPhone or something. And you also find a little discussion group that crops up around every interview, which sometimes gets quite lively. So each interview has its own little discussion area. So feel free to participate in that. Try to keep it on topic if possible. There's a general discussion area for, for posting your favorite rock band's video or whatever. Um, and that about covers it. There's also an email tab there. If you click on it, you can sign up to be notified of emails whenever a new interview is posted. You, you get one email, one, one a week. Um, and as I mentioned, there's a donate button, which uh, if you feel the urge to click it, remember no one is in control, so just let it happen. <laughs> so thanks, ladies. Any, um, it's been a joy. Well, it has been a pleasure. Thank you very much. For yeah, I'm glad we managed to get it together. It was uh, technically a challenge, but we did it. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.